BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. <laughs> it's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hello, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're doing well out there. We have another fantastic episode for you. I'm Susan Gollins. <laughs> Go me. Give me money and I'll give you money. Susan Gollins <laughs> is in the news once again. This involves Hawaii. Oh, what a great place to get laid or fuck over the American people. We'll also <laughs> talk gerrymandering and a whole series of other things. And speaking of corrupt politicians, let's talk Ron DeSantis. Oh, he had, oh, he had a few proxy wars going on in Kentucky and also in Jacksonville. Ron DeSantis supported two candidates and they both lost. Oh, no. <laughs> Attorney General <laughs> Daniel Cameron won the Republican nomination for governor. DeSantis cut a last minute recording for the former U.N. ambassador Kelly Kraft. Kelly Kraft, however, again, Ron DeSantis supported, fell to third despite spending more than $10 million on trying to destroy Daniel Cameron as a Trump-endorsed Republican, calling him, quote, a conservative teddy bear, someone who (laughs) is what used to be known as a rhino. Interestingly, as well, in Jacksonville, Florida, home of the Jumbo Shrimp, we are the the Jumbo jumbo Shrimp shrimp. here to play a game. I don't know the song. It's from Roundtable and Gentlemen. (laughs) He also lost his candidate also lost in Jacksonville for mayor. So what does this mean? For Ron DeSantis, he obviously doesn't have the Midas touch. If he did, again, it would be covered in tapioca pudding. Every statue (laughs) is a little bit more diminished when the old pudding fingers DeSantis gets his grip upon them. But I think this is showing us in a micro sample that Ron DeSantis, his power within the Republican Party as of five months ago, is waning extremely, specifically when it comes to Kentucky with Kelly Craft being very well-funded, having a resume of being a U.N. ambassador and attempting to take down General Daniel Cameron by saying he is a Trump lackey. That Mm. didn't work. She fell to third. Is this the future of Ron DeSantis' predictions of who he would like to see in power? Well, I do think it's kind of indicative of the upcoming Republican presidential primary that we're going to see. And that is, of course, that, in fact, as we can see in the polls, Donald Trump still does have a lot of staying power, right? You can see it in his numbers compared to Ron DeSantis's numbers. And now you see it in this, again, a proxy war being the Kentucky primary for governor. Don't forget, though, now, as we've also talked about, What's going to happen to Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis as they tack more of the right in the primary? What happens when they get to the general election? And even though Daniel Cameron is the attorney general right now of Kentucky, he will be running against Democratic Governor Andy Beshear, who is the Mm. former attorney general for Kentucky. And Beshear got elected because in 2019, the last time Kentucky had their gubernatorial elections, he beat a Trumper businessman who was too Far crazy, even for the people of Kentucky. So wow. if it's going to be Bashir versus, again, a Trumper in the general election in Kentucky this year, I mm-hmm. think 
that will also be indicative of how the general election goes in 2024. And this is why I think the mayoral race as well that DeSantis lost, uh, again, by proxy, is important and significant. But of course, that's more local. It's in Florida. And we'll talk a little bit about some Florida policy coming up in the classroom here in a second. Kentucky, it's purplish. Yeah, a little bit more red. It's purple after a UFC fight. It's got a couple of bruises in there, (laughs) a bit of a bruised up apple. But there's a moderate Bain in Kentucky. There's a lot of Kentuckians who don't see themselves as Alabama or Arkansas. Uh, There's a lot of Kentuckians are, you know, highly educated suburban Republicans, Mitt Romney Republicans, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that a Trump backed candidate would be able to win, despite, as Travis said in 2019, the Trump backed candidate in the general ended up losing. Right. I had a dream last night that I was giving a a television presentation and it's bizarre that we live in an era now where people are like, let's just go back to the stable years of Trump. (laughs) Like in the minds of people, they're like, well, let's not get crazy with Ron. Let's go back to where where the old bread. We, we know the Mm. sourdough that is Donnie. (laughs) Maybe we should cut that up and eat that again for dinner. Right. Simpler times, but also don't forget. (laughs) Right. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, but don't forget also that Kentucky was another one of those red states like Kansas that protected abortion rights when it came down to a referendum vote, um, statewide yes, no vote, which is exactly how Kansas did it. And that was, again, a, a majority, like you say, moderate Republicans, independents, Democrats. So in between Bashir mm-hmm. and that abortions rights vote, you got to think, even though Daniel Cameron, similar to what we've said of, of whoever wins the 2024 Republican presidential primary, even though Daniel Cameron has now won the Republican primary, what's going to happen in the general? And it is interesting when it comes to the pro-life issues. Again, I, it's about being pro-choice. It's about having the option. People want freedom. And there's a large Venn diagram of freedom-loving libertarians, freedom-loving liberals, and even some conservatives mm-hmm. uh, who see that as government overreach. Now, right. obviously, the conservative party line of we don't want the government interfering in our lives is total dog shit uh, because, again, <laughs> they like to be in the more intimate parts of a person's body. Donald Trump Jr., I just read an article, 2012, he thought the Republican Party would do better if it scrubbed its pro-life platform. Wow. Obviously, we've seen that the pendulum has swung very far to the right when it comes to abortion and abortion access in this country. But I don't think that it is a political winner as a whole for the Republican Party in places like Kentucky, in those moderate places, again, that see Real southern states, the Bible Belt, the uh, theocratic regimes across the country, they see them as too extreme. Mm -hmm. And so Kentucky is an interesting bellwether, I think, for that conversation of abortion, of uh, civil rights, human rights, and of choice in general. I think Kentucky is going to be a really interesting state to watch, specifically in this gubernatorial cycle. Right. I mean, again, Bashir winning at all like he did in 2019, as strongly as he did, was a surprise and an indictment of the Trump era at that time in 2019. And I agree with you, Ben. I think it's going to be indicative of what's going to happen in, in 2024. And it is weird. We have some of these states that have their gubernatorial elections in odd years, right? Yeah. Virginia, New Jersey, Kentucky. And you can really look to those to see. Again, a kind of a hint, a glimpse into what's going to happen the year after. And also what it shows is in off your elections, that bizarre mega base, <laughs> uh, yeah, they show up, which is a testament again to the commitment that those voters have. Off your elections, notoriously low mm-hmm. voter turnout. You're lucky. Right. We're looking at 30 fucking percent, right? right? I mean, we're looking at like it is a sad turn of events when it comes to off your elections. But again, this does show there's a stickiness to this Trumpism within the Republican Party that's caused a hell of a schism between DeSantis Republicans who are seemingly falling away by the second. Mm. And of course, the orange bastard and Donnie. Yeah. And I would only push back because on um, I mega people show up in the primaries. Um, but beyond Virginia, I mean, obviously, Kentucky, the Democrat won for governor and New Jersey's mm. blue is all get out since Chris Christie uh, finally took his uh, foot off the scale. Literally. Hello. Uh, but Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, remember, yes. he won, but 
but distancing himself from Trump. I mean, Trump endorsed him, but Youngkin was like, that's fine, but don't come here. And then he still won. He was a Frenchman walking between two buildings on a <laughs> hell of a tightrope. But that being said, again, that's also why we're not hearing Youngkin being talked about as a viable candidate for the big office, which right. is oval, because he alienated a base that is definitely mm. required in a Republican primary for president. Going, what, I'm sorry, go on. What you just said actually is what to me has been the most like interesting thing. This is not a presidential election. This is an off election, yeah. right? So, mm-hmm. and then um, I saw in an I mean, article. I didn't even know what was happening until yesterday. I turned TV and I was like, oh, there's an election? I didn't know. Yeah, it was apparently <laughs> like less than 10% of the voters were expected in the turnout. Wow. So, so it, what Travis says really is sticking to me. It's like, maybe we're just seeing this big, turnout for Trump just because only Trump voters tend to go to these. I guess maybe they're on the the email list. Maybe they're on the email list that said there was an election. Right. And then, but, but the (laughs) other voters, the everybody voters, they'll, they'll show up when it comes to the president. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's important to me because in Jacksonville, Deegan only beat Davis. The Democrat only beat the Republican by about 10,000 votes. Wow. So it was pretty close. And that's, 10,000 people that were at work that day. You know what I mean? I'm not really certain the political skew of Jacksonville, but it it seems like it would skew a little red. Right. I would think, but perhaps I'm wrong on that. But it does seem as if it's purple at best. Yeah, there are obviously Democratic pockets within Florida. I mean, Palm Beach, right? West Palm Beach, that whole area down there. Um, Tallahassee. And, And Andrew Gillum who ran against Ron DeSantis back in 2018. He was a mayor, but was he mayor of Tallahassee or Jacksonville? He was Tallahassee. I believe he was actually Tallahassee because I remember talking to my friends who went to FSU about him. But let's again stick with Florida and what's going on with their education. This Mm. is just, again, when it comes to government in the classroom, absolutely insane to me. There is a new office. This is an office of professional practices of the state's education department. It's going to be on a school's campus, May 17th, 2023, because they a teacher in fifth grade showed a Disney movie. One of the characters in said Disney movie was gay. gay. And Whoa. because of that, <laughs> there is now an investigation over teacher Jenna Barbie's decision to play the movie Strange World. It's rated PG. And now we have a whole investigative body going to inquire about what this teacher is doing teaching in school. When I was a freshman in high school, we watched The Exorcist and the priest that we watched it with told me it was real. I mean, what are we doing? How are kids supposed to... I'm, I'm just really... I am awestruck mm-hmm. by the stupidity as we have children who are literally taking daily they're doing daily routines of hiding behind desks uh knowing when to lock the door active shooter drills there was mm. another story i read where t- students are being taught how to be emts in case their classmates are shot oh, no. they're teaching oh them god. how to stop bleeding as if they're in freaking the civil war oh my god and this is the issue they're concerned about I would be shocked to know if the kids even realized there was a gay character. Also, gay people exist. (laughs) Yeah, we're real. (laughs) So, again, the culture war BS, I think, is one of the reasons why DeSantis has such a loose, loose grasp uh, on the reins of the Republican Party. Something that I think a lot of people thought he had a firm grip of, again, just about five, six months ago. Right. Absolutely. And and you got to think that like, we just talked about that election in Jacksonville. That's probably what those 10,000 extra people are just like look, thinking about some of these issues that Ron DeSantis decides to go after. And this is interesting, particularly because everything we've covered about DeSantis in the last year, he must have saw this as like, well, this is my this is my bread and butter. Right. It's a Disney movie and a teacher talking about gay people in her Whoa. class combined. His head must have exploded with it pudding. must have exploded. Also, this I'm sorry, just one second. This just Reads and I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I'm going to be because this is a podcast and why not? Gestapo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Haven't seen him stop yep. yet. A Barbie, again, that is the teacher, accused Hernando County School Board member Shannon Rodriguez 
of reporting her to the department, which then led the department to go have a full-on investigation into school shootings. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. A full-on investigation into showing a Disney movie to fifth graders. (laughs) So, that okay, fifth grade. So, when I was in fifth grade, that puts me, what, 1997, 1998? What for that movie that came out that I saw in middle school, Amistad. Do you guys remember that movie? Yes, of about course. The Cuban, about the Cuban slave revolt. So these people, these teachers, were probably raised watching that same movie in middle school. Why? Where is that disconnect? It's Does that all make sense? The culture war, mm. the Parental Rights and Education Act. This is also known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. The Parental Rights in Education Act, again, anytime, it's right to work. This is about parental rights. Anytime they shoehorn the term rights, other than our right to rebuild, which right is to the repair, right, right to, to repair, repair with mm. the Farm Bill, which is, which is a great bill in Colorado, the Parental Rights in Education Act, it's just another piece of arbitrary governmental red tape that doesn't need to exist. It didn't right. exist and everyone was just fine. And this is where Ron DeSantis finds himself in the quagmire that is the culture war, whether it be Disney or whether it be education. And again, this is why I believe he is losing proxy fights all across the country and he's losing politically in polling data every single day. He seems to get worse. Long before this investigation, Barbie, again, that's the teacher, said some of her students have told her that they're part of the LGBTQ community. Now, she said they are seeing their teacher is all, quote, under fire for choosing the movie. Even parents have expressed confusion over the fallout, whether they thought this was going to be what the Parental Rights in Education Act was going to do or not. This is what it is doing. Mm-hmm, and right, you mm-hmm. do have a feeling there's a lot of parents now with whiplash being like, what the this fuck is, not is what going I meant. on? Yeah, this is not what you said this was for. I yeah. thought you were telling me that we were going to try not to have our kids be molested. Right. Right. I didn't right. know we were going to be stopping Disney movies in fifth grade. Right. I mean, this is what happens, right? When you legislate and codify these weird MAGA culture war agendas. I mean, you, I mean talk about big government overreach as we have on this show with these policies when they're actually implemented and then they're just so vague, right? Because they're, they're trying to c- create a policy that fits their weird culture war agenda. But then it's just like, how do you actually enforce any of this stuff? And you end up with situations like this. And also with Barbie, again, going back to the teacher, uh, first of all, she has resigned. So we just yeah. lost another teacher. Another so, teacher. Congratulations. In, in Florida. In Florida. In Florida, where they already have a shortage of 9,000 teachers. We covered that on the show in the last few months. So there you go. So one more teacher squeezed out of the workforce. All bad for the economy. Bad for the students. Bad for them. Bad for education. This is what she had to say. She says, the reason I didn't think anything of it is because I have a progressive classroom and not from anything I did. She heard her students talking. Right. And then that's that's who they are. Some of and her then, students are LGBT. She said it herself. And then she said, that's just the environment that has been created over the year. To me, it was nothing. To them, it was nothing. Now it's something big. So she's just trying to be a teacher, relating to her students, showing them a movie that she might find will inform them about life in mm-hmm. general. Mm-hmm. And now she's forced to resign and the students are like, what's the big deal? And remember, it wasn't any of the parents or the students that complained. It no. was one of her coworkers. And mm. that's what we constantly talk about, mm. that these things become petty little weapons that you can use against what you consider your cultural enemies or political mm. enemies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. So anyway, that's going on in Florida. Every day, the news just gets more and more contrary. The policy from the DeSantis uh, gubernatorial office gets more and more contrary to freedom, liberty, uh, whether what's no matter what side of the right. aisle you sit. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right, let's go on to other corruption. Susan Collins, this story is... Man, as if this woman couldn't be more despicable in so many ways... (sighs) Martin Cow, he has admitted to obtaining more than $12.8 million in pandemic relief fund. The PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, I believe is one of the most corrupted programs in the history of the United States. Money printing. Uh, As we saw with our own eyes, as you didn't see in your mailbox, Money, mm-hmm. as we saw large corporations who didn't need it, sucking it up like a GD sponge as people were suffering, not allowed to go to work, to school, so on and so forth. Mr. Cow gave $200,000 in illegal campaign contributions to Susan Collins in 2020 for her reelection bid. Wow. Why did he do that? Because he understood there was going to be a hefty reward. Also, talk about how stupid the government is financially. She got 200K and she gave away 12.8 mil. (laughs) That's not really an even exchange. (laughs) Your math is off. I mean, that's why it's like these people are like, I'm just investing. It's a great investment. These people are fucking stupid as shit. (laughs) All we do, 200K turns into nearly 13 million. Yeah, bro. That's how dumb Susan Collins is. But it's what it's probably two K in her pocket, twelve point eight to a business, you know. Well, of course, yeah, but the two hundred from the yeah, taxpayers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they took twelve point eight million uh, bucks that was meant to go to struggling businesses. Cow is the former president and CEO of Navatech LLC. It's a Hawaii-based engineering firm, making this even worse. This is what they do. They're part of the military-industrial complex. They make state-of-the-art hull designs for the Navy. He has since been removed from the company, and the company has been renamed PACMAR Technologies. I don't think they gave the money back. Right. Uh, That's just what they used to do as landlords when they wanted to get away with the 3% increase that you can only do legally. Mm -hmm. Just sell the goddamn company to your brother-in-law and raise it exponentially. So PACMAR Technologies... Still in existence, still doing great, hasn't given the money back, and we have Susan Collins to thank. So if you didn't get any cash when you were struggling during the pandemic, don't worry. The military-industrial complex via the independent company PacMar Technologies, they're doing better than ever. More Pizza Fridays. Remember, inflation is completely unrelated to <laughs> unrelated, all, this, on, all this money printing. Nothing to do with it. Nothing. To Absolutely. This story didn't even make a lot of news. I didn't see it covered really anywhere. I'm reading this from the Honolulu Civil Beat. Oh, my <laughs> not, gosh. Not the most <laughs> right? well-read. Uh, I, this is the first time I've ever looked at this right. site. And this, to me, again, is why the American people are so disgusted with mm. politicians. And as we've talked about ad nauseum, how do you make $200,000 a year, let's just say, and seven years later, you're a multimillionaire? Here's and how. don't work. Mm-hmm. Unless you are corrupt. This is what Cow said. He says, as stated previously, the campaign had absolutely no knowledge of any of the allegations against Mr. Cow or his associates until a search warrant was reported in the press. So they just figured that they got 200K in good faith. Right. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Please. This is again, this is just one of the scandals that this should be everywhere. This is the problem. This is the exact problem. Right. I mean, yeah, it's being reported in Hawaii, but I wonder if there's going to be any articles from the pro Susan Collins press in Maine. It's also, by the way, just very fascinating, the distance required to travel for this entire corrupt deal. I mean, you got (laughs) Hawaii is your most westernmost state and your most eastern state is Maine. And uh, I don't know. I guess most of that money that he got went to uh, flight fees. Well, you know what? Crime. Doesn't it bring people together? Right. She probably flew over Africa for good measure, right? Just nice. Just to go drop a Coca-Cola bottle and ask if the gods are crazy. This also is interesting. 
according to uh, according to the U.S. Justice Department, the deep state. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love deep dish pizza, though. Don't <laughs> like the deep state. But anyway, this is the U.S. Justice Department. Cow and two of his top executives, Lawrence Lum, uh, Lawrence Lum Key, and Clifford Chen, created a shell company yes. to donate one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to a pro Collins super PAC, and wow. she then. This is a separate deal. Yes. Yes. She then helped secure funding for an $8 million contract for work in her home state. This is what I was about to say. I was like, what kind of military contract and contracts came from this agreement? It's like, hey, I gave you a little bit of money. You give me $200,000. Your company now gets $12.8 million off the taxpayers. What, where else can we make some money, Ben? Cow, Lumkey, and Chen also donated to Collins' campaign. Hmm. They are accused of giving money to family members to bolster their own contributions to, quote, gain favor with Collins, who has identified in court records only as candidate A. This is a U.S. Senator Susan Collins. This isn't me. This isn't Ben. This isn't Hunter Biden. Right. This is an right. active U.S. Senator. In total, Cow and his cohorts donated almost $67,000 directly to Collins' 2020 campaign. So 150 plus 200, 350. Uh, I'm going to say it's $327,000. Is that right? I think I almost did that math right. (laughs) It was close. Was it close? Yeah, I was kind of just doing it in my head, but yeah. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Either way, (laughs) it's not that much cash if you know you're going to get over $20 million in return. Absolutely. Pay to play. Susan Collins, she needs to have some kind of competition. Uh, she is really representative of horrific government practices, all done with a crackling voice and a little smile. You know, these things, it's, she's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. The future is female. Well, I am not very happy with that. <laughs> Between Susan Collins and Diane Feinstein, Diane Feinstein, who doesn't no. realize that she wasn't a set oh, retire. UFOs are real. Please, God, just retire. <laughs> my God, my goodness gracious! And obviously, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, Christy Nome. I mean, good grief! Talk about corruption. Obviously, not to uh, bring gender into it. I'm just sort of making a joke there, but it's just again another example of pay-to-play politics at its fucking worst and so transparent and obvious. I was going to say, it's not even about gender. It's just that corruption has no gender. Money it, yeah, money is green. Right. Money, yeah. It doesn't have a pussy yeah, or a dick. Exactly. Money is trans. <laughs> money, black or white. Money is green and it's coming. My George Washington dollar bill wants to go into the woman's bathroom. <laughs> I got a couple of Lincolns and take them into a woman's bathroom. Mmm. Anyway, I found that story to be interesting and underreported. Underreported mm. is so right. All but, right. But reported at all. Congrats to everyone who lined up all that. I mean, that's this is why seriously again, going, going back to Citizens United, how can a certain businessman create an entity and then a shell company and then take all this hundreds of thousands of dollars and get it to a campaign which can only be done with a pack that she must have? I mean, the dots and the, the dark money. This is why they call it dark money, because you got to shine a light on it to see it. I didn't know about the super pack. <laughs> Let's just stop pretending already. Let's just stop with the they, they're separate entities. Let's just uh, no, not pretend no. anymore. If you're going to let the floodgates open, then just let it be. We all know. Everybody knows. Just stop lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that's the Honolulu Civil Beat. Go to civilbeat.org. First time I'm hearing about it, Nick Groob. Thanks Killing for bringing it. it to my attention. Killing it. Um, mm-hmm. Because uh, it really, again, just got no press at all. And I was like, isn't that the main problem <laughs> in Maine? All right. Well, let's talk about something a little bit more lighthearted and fun. Lauren Bobert, you oh. single out there? You single out there? You're looking for some <laughs> fine, fine, fine congressional woman lauren i'll still love you lauren bobert has filed filed for divorce against her husband who used to expose his tattooed penis to teenagers Uh, i don't know what happened that nice pedophile she's been married to (laughs) bobert has said quote i've always been faithful in my marriage and i believe strongly in marriage which makes this announcement that much more difficult um also she's fucking somebody yeah, She's like having say. her <laughs> Matt Gates are sniffing each other's butts. Something, some weird dog like activities are <laughs> happening. Uh, there's not no doubt in my mind. 
So she has now filed for divorce after 20 years from her real clunky looking husband, Jason. Uh, This is what she said. This is what she wrote. She says, it's with a heavy weight on my heart that I have filed for divorce from my husband. I am grateful for our years of marriage together and our beautiful children, one of whom is currently driving drunk about to hit a pedestrian, (laughs) all of whom deserve privacy and love as we work through this process. Again, she just stresses that she's always been faithful to Mm. the point where I'm starting to think she wasn't. Yeah, uh, again, or maybe he wasn't. It's it says a lot when you mention it twice in your press not, release. It's not cheating if they're underage. She says <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there there is truly irreconcilable differences. And again, this is when we talk about hypocrisy. She is on the front lines. Family. Uh, she's on focus of the family, family evangelical. All of the family values, all the horseshit they spew, all the demonizing they do, and take a look at her who can't even not that I'm saying you should stay in a bad marriage. I'm just saying, don't go and diss every single person and then do the exact thing that you were criticizing them for, which is the destruction of the American family, which indeed (laughs) is a myth. I agree. Very hypocritical. But to me, she's so she just missed the point. She could have just said, he exposed his penis to a bunch of teenagers, and I'm not okay with that. You, didn't <laughs> well, have to, you know what I mean? That's, we don't I know if she she's not okay with marriage it. knowing that. I thought that was the appeal. Yeah, I think that they all knew that. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's just so... Uh, ah, According to court documents, the process uh, when Jason was served, uh, that's her obviously now future ex-husband, apparently he was extremely angry. Oh. This is according oh. to the sheriff's office. They say... He started yelling and using profanities and uh, told me that I was trespassing and that he was. Oh, I'm sorry. This is according to the processor. This is according to the person who served the paper. Oh, okay, right. This is what they say. They say he started yelling and using profanities and told me that I was trespassing and that he was calling the sheriff's office. I told him I was leaving the documents on the chair outside of the door. He closed the door, then let the dogs out. Who let them? It's Jason who let the dogs out. <laughs> the indeed. Dogs out. So it doesn't seem like he's going to handle it well. But yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, he literally, he like, he sick the dogs out of him. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah grief. There, hey, this could be also a lie. Don't forget that he, this, this is the same guy who was working for uh, that natural gas industry mm-hmm. while Lauren Boebert was on the House of Resources and, you know, the a lot right. of corruption, a lot of corruption all around. But now she's single, 36 and horny. Get out there to Washington, D.C. Maybe some of those guys in khaki pants that can get a little bit of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're too sloppy. Too sloppy. The cum's not just for your pants anymore. It's for Lauren. All right. Well, and I just want to say, too, this is on the heels of her girl, her, her fellow uh, mega Republican Congresswoman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. MTG. I mean, she just got a massive uh, divorce here in the last year as well, except she was cheating. So yeah. she did not put in her press release multiple times about how faithful she was. But again, to your point, Ben, it's just the hypocrisy. It's just the hypocrisy. They love their family values until they don't. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. All right. 
Another small story that I do think is interesting. Violence is never good. We have another situation of a home invasion. This took place at Jake Sullivan's house. You might not recognize, you might not recognize the name. You might recognize his face. He does look to be see-through. Uh, he is the <laughs> national security advisor. His home was broken into in an April incident in Washington, D.C. He was not home. The U.S. Secret Service is currently investigating. The breach occurred around three o'clock in the morning. One of the interesting things I suppose that can be a topic of conversation is protection of the people, not just in in office, mm-hmm. but politically adjacent, like right. a national security advisor. It is interesting in this era now, you know, Google search away and you can find basically where anybody lives at any time if you really, really, really want to. And I do wonder if, you know, it's national security advisor. His home got broken into. Right. How good of a job is he doing? (laughs) Sure. Isn't that like you got to have, you don't got a post alarm system or (laughs) you're the national security advisor. And apparently his home security, he has no dogs. He's got (laughs) to get dogs like Mr. Bobert. Jason Bobert has better security when getting served divorce papers than this man who's a national security advisor. (laughs) I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying you got to figure that some, I mean, you got to have something. Get a Mm -hmm. chihuahua. (laughs) All you need is one chihuahua. Right. So, so it was on, it was it on purpose or was it just like, cause apparently it was a drunk guy. Was it a drunk guy knowing who this NSA guy was or was it just like, I have my rent- best, I, my best <laughs> ideas are when I'm drunk, you know? And then it's like, if you're like hanging out and you're drunk and you're like, and you're reading an article on him, you're like, oh my God, dude, he lives oh two God. houses down. <laughs> right, right. It's two, two shots of JMO and let's get out of here. And then your buddy decides not to go. Right. And then you're like, you're a pussy. I'm going to go. And next thing you know, you know, you're being arrested by U.S. Secret Service because you've committed a massive felonious offense. Well, okay, but I'm going to I NPR had a really good news story because of the two Democratic uh, interns that were attacked. Yes, that's what that's why. Yes, it is important. Don't do this. We're relating it together. But so the article really talked about how it's about accessibility too, like the 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 two Democrats that got attacked recently, they were just working in a strip mall. So yes. it wasn't like they were working in like a courthouse or anything. So the security is different because they're just, ser- you know, providing legal services inside mm-hmm. a, inside a strip mall. And so it's that Venn diagram, like how do we have our public servants and the people that work in the public accessible, but at the same time, how do we protect them? Because we don't, I don't, exactly, don't want to put this guy in a cage. I don't want to put him on an island by no. himself. I want him to live in America with the rest of us in the, in and, yeah. and obviously again, he's not in office. He doesn't have constituents, but I'm reminded of, uh, Gifford. oh, Gabby Giffords, Gabby, Gabby Giffords. Giffords. Yes. Gabby yes. Giffords. Yes. Gabby Giffords. Uh, how horrible that is. Yeah. She right. was doing an event. I think it was a Walmart or right, a super right, center right. somewhere. And you know, this Loeffler or Loeffler, whatever the fuck, you know, pops her in the eye with a gun. I mean, it's nuts. And so you're right. We do want our politicians to feel safe enough to reach out to their constituents and, and create that bond. Right. And things like this do harm that. And I think that in- inevitably harms the process. It for harms sure. democracy. Yeah, Fernando, that's a great point. Because, yeah, those those staffers are working in the district office. The district right. office exists. So constituents come in and ask questions or, or you know, a campaign policy, whatever it is. You're not right. supposed to go in there with a baseball bat. And you're absolutely right. That was one of the most, I mean, obviously, so many tragic things about January 6th. But I remember I went to Joe Biden's inauguration in the weeks after and just the Capitol building, seeing it so closed off yeah. with just National Guard all around it, plus a big old fence. That's what happens. This is mm. why we can't have nice things. Because <laughs> yeah. people get too violent all the time. We're not even talking about nice things. We're just talking about trying to keep some <laughs> kind of government together. <laughs> Moving on in the corruption conversation, Rudy Giuliani. Mm. Oh, my goodness. So there's been a 70-page <laughs> complaint. This is by uh, Noel Dumphy. Uh, She has said in January of 2019, she was sexually assaulted and harassed by Giuliani. This story. okay, so we have the harassment. Evidently, he asked her to wear American flag short shorts, suck his dick when he was sitting at a desk to feel it, make him feel, quote, like President Clinton, uh, which is an interesting thing. Uh, Very bizarre and a lot of unwanted, just disgusting behavior. From Rudy Giuliani, if you want to watch um, a little foreshadowing to this, yes, uh, watch the Borat, oh, yes. the, uh, the second yes. Borat film where Rudy is certainly a horny, horny little schoolboy. So we have that horrendous. He's being sued for $10 million. Again, this is civil. It'll be impunitive damages. Mm. 
And then we also have exposed here Trump and Giuliani potentially, according to the complaint, selling pardons for $2 million. Whoa. (laughs) So, my God, talk about cleaning up the swamp. (laughs) Yeah. Bullshit. So this is the swampiest swamp thing you can do is sell pardons for $2 million. The statement on this is so ridiculous. It's like he also asked Miss Dumphy if she knew anyone in need of a pardon. Telling oh her that he was God. selling pardons so for two million, two you fucking idiots! Oh <laughs> Which God. he and President Trump would split. So it's like the stupid. He's. It's not oh even God, like they so knew. Stupid. It's not even like they knew who to target and say, "Oh, you know, I know a guy who committed a felony. He has right. two million. It's they were asking an aide. Do you know anyone that might need a pardon? <laughs> oh so my stupid. gosh! Searching said- for pardons for money. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, you're absolutely right. He's a very swampy swamp creature. As evidenced by the fact that he was literally leaking black ooze from his head at some of these <laughs> press conferences. But man, oh man, how far has America's mayor fallen from being, you know, know. being a hero post 9-11, doing dragon videos with Donald Trump. And now here we are, him and Donald Trump are selling a lot more than dresses and perfume. They're selling and straight up pardons. Again, this is from the 70 page uh, lawsuit. So it, they, the lawyers for Dumphy says they're going to have corroborating evidence and we'll see where it goes. But between the alleged sexual assault and the selling of pardons, if again, if that's not the duality of a corrupt politician, I don't know what else is. The only right. thing is I got to find out if any dicks are safe around Susan Collins. Let <laughs> oh <my laughs> me so show it. Show me your dick. You want $200,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, Susan. Also, if you want to know oh. what Rudy Giuliani's lawyers are saying, ask Rudy Giuliani. He is apparently going to be representing himself in this entire ordeal. What a Ted Bundy move. He's also Giuliani. Also, I don't know if he was going to pay himself a million dollars and Trump was going to back him because he said he was thinking about pardoning himself oh, as well brilliant. Oh, but he denied really. the allegations <laughs> yeah. I, of course i believe he was thinking about of course he was right <laughs> of course he was trump literally asked about it remember he yes like, can i pardon myself <laughs> oh right. my goodness gracious is uh giuliani's new york law license was suspended in june of uh last year in 2020 uh that's when he was just lying and lying and lying about 2020 elections uh so we'll keep on following that again it's civil it's not criminal, although what he did specific, obviously the assault. Right. But then when it comes to, as we know, where's the money? That tends to be where a lot of the federal mm-hmm. government can come in. Yes. yes. Uh, and we will see if if that carries any weight. It seems to me on its face, extremely illegal. Yeah, there's like wage theft and all sorts of stuff involved in this woman's case. So yeah. did, a lot. She well, may. She may have a, a lot. I have a legal strategy for Rudy Giuliani. Hear me out. Go oh, okay. defend yourself in court while in drag. Yes. Get back to basics. Yes. And then you get all those proud boys <laughs> showing up and lots of protests. And I don't know. I think he'll um, he'll get off, but maybe not in the way he wants to. All right. And just lastly, before we get to gerrymandering, uh, the Supreme Court has declined to immediately block Illinois' assault weapons and high-capacity magazine ban. I am in favor of the Supreme Court's decision in this case. States' rights, you are allowed as a state to do what you Mm -hmm. will. And obviously, when it comes to gun violence, assault rifles ain't helping that whatsoever, specifically in Illinois. The lawsuit was challenged in Naperville, Illinois, It bans the sale of assault rifles. The Supreme Court has said that this does not interfere with the Second Amendment, and the state does have the ability to do this. So I, you know, Mm. whatever. The sad thing is, or the fact is, it doesn't really matter. You know, if your neighbor, (laughs) it's like if you're, it's like the house that doesn't allow soda, but your buddy has a bunch of Mountain Dew. Right. No, you'll get it. Yeah. You know, right over. So. But I do think from a state's rights perspective, Illinois can make its own decisions. And I also think there's a lot of momentum in favor mm-hmm. of banning assault rifles, which is something not that radical. I believe it was 96 when it passed with bipartisan support to a ban. Right. To ban and it, and it only expired in the early 2000s. And uh, you're, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. The 10th Amendment is there to handle things like this. So there you go. Yep. So I'm fine with the Supreme Court decision. Let the voters decide in the state of Illinois. What I do want, though, is some sort of nationwide 
you know, system, a nationwide system of registration because of the fact that yeah. states can have different laws. We need to have a system that compensates for that, a way of tracking who has guns where. And, you know, it'll be really interesting. I'm just going to take this from the sideline. Uh, it'll be fascinating to see what Generation Z, what the it does seem as if there's a lot of forward momentum mm-hmm. on just rational gun policy, but it's not translating at the federal level again because of the corruption, NRA's money funneling arm, and the NRA is literally just money laundering. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's what the institution is. What is it? What mm. is the right. NRA? Right. It's an, it's an idea that has that gets funding. Right. Right. And then funnels it to mostly Republican politicians. But then, of course, you also have states like Vermont, uh, which have more guns per capita than any other state. Uh, but given its rural nature and uh, relatively homogenous society as well, it doesn't necessarily translate into as much violence as we see elsewhere. Of course, interestingly enough, we always hear Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. But if you look at the most dangerous cities, in the country, they are in red states. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and of course, you could juxtapose certain policies as to why. All right. Just lastly, the Supreme Court has announced that it's going to hear a case that could ultimately give state lawmakers much more leeway in a negative way when it comes to gerrymandering. This is a case known as Alexander versus South Carolina Conference of the NAACP. It tees up the question whether state lawmakers may use race to identify Democratic voters and then draw district lines intended to diminish these voters' ability to elect a candidate of their choice. Mm. The Supreme Court is going to hear this case. This is a gerrymandering is too light of a term. mm. This is redlining. This is this is everything that is wrong with the American democratic process. And if the Supreme Court decides in favor of the state that wants to do this, oh man, which of course, South Carolina, that would really be horrible. Uh, South Carolina's map makers intentionally kept nearly 80% of the black population of Charleston County out of the state's first congressional district in order to shore up the Republican vote in that district. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So they want to know the race. Once they know the race, they know where to draw the line. And it can't be an accident. 80%. That ain't an accident. What stands out to me, it's that it's, it's specifically to identify Democratic voters. So it's only so if you vote Republican, your race doesn't matter. I think when they say that they're saying it in the with the small D no, Democratic. Is it is in Democrat yeah. voters? So okay, they, so they're trying to identify just people who vote Democratic by race. Okay, which is how is this not illegal? <laughs> right, right. Because I mean, the people in power were like, "That's fine." <laughs> right. I mean, oh, the gerrymandering, the amount of gerrymandering cases. I mean, this it's been. Here we are, what, 200, almost 250 years in the American experiment, and we've done gerrymandering slash redistricting was what it's supposed to be every 10 years. And this last round, it really is pushing the limits in terms of what's illegal, what's not legal, and all of it's going to the Supreme Court now. The North Carolina case, the Ohio case, yeah. uh, Mississippi, and now South Carolina. And you just got to wonder, when when is like, I don't know, eh, Clarence Thomas, is he going to get standing up for some of these didn't the Ohio Supreme Court just revert back to the horrible mm-hmm. gerrymandered districts because they said it was basically too confusing? Right. But that uh, and the Ohio Supreme Court basically ruled against the Republicans here in Ohio. But then the Republicans ran out the clock and got a federal judge, a Trump appointed federal judge to basically say in the 2022 election, we voted in gerrymandered illegal unconstitutional districts. And so now Everything is going to, along with the North Carolina case, to the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. Where really, this theory, this independent state legislature theory, is going to be really tested. This idea that the state legislature can gerrymander as much as they want, and they there's no way to rein it in or or have any checks and balances from the other uh, uh, branches of government. We and do that's where. The independent state legislature theory it's been shot down a lot, but again, yeah. where it's a new time, new era. We do have some precedent here. In 2017, the lower courts had a decision in Cooper versus Harris. They said it was unconstitutional to, quote, uh, if, quote, 
Race was the predominant factor motivating the legislator's decision to place a significant number of voters within or without a particular district. So perhaps given the precedent from 2017 right. from the lower courts, the Supreme Court will piggyback upon that because, mm. again, it just seems on its nose exceptionally racist, but like exceptionally racist. Right. But they're just saying it's a coincidence. I'm, I'm, I'm just giving the what the what their side of the story is. Uh, they're saying ass. it's just a coincidence. <laughs> it has nothing to do with race. We just want to make sure the Republican Party is properly represented. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just uh, insane. I mean, the gerrymandering has gotten down to a science. I mean, I oh, truly, truly, because by, by house by like literally by house streets. by house. Yeah. Oh my god! I mean, by the fifth map the Republicans made here in Ohio, they were literally carving out Democrats they were scared of into <laughs> other Democrats. Who they weren't scared of districts, so they had to yeah. run each other against each other in the primary. And then there's just gosh. one guy with a circle around his house. You're like, I'm still a Ross Perot independent. <laughs> like, All right, you don't you don't have a home anymore. Carve him out. <laughs> maybe it's because I don't I can't vote and I don't understand this, but I thought like your vote was like sacred. Like your name wasn't tied to your vote and your vote was like uh, anonymous. That's what I was so adorable, how? adorable man. man you you cute, sweet. cute man. It's very sweet to think. No, Scott Walker, I mean, we, we played that clip. The, the Republicans are starting to give the game away. They understand their their policies are so unpopular mm. that the only way they're going to win is by gerrymandering, disenfranchising voters, making it harder to vote. Ridiculous. And you're going to start seeing more and more of these policies come state by state. Yep. All right. You know, have a little confidence. Come on, <laughs> let yeah, people right? vote. All right. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. There's so much to talk about. But anyway, you have a couple of shout outs, Travis. Oh, I got to give some old. You saw another outs. three people. All right. Who, Jerry, Jerry and Sprinkly Tom. What's going on? <laughs> well, Sprinkly Tom wasn't there. And okay. you know, I still want to give him a shout out. But Aaron and Jason drove all the way down from Vermilion, Ohio to Columbus, Ohio to watch Ed's documentary with us. And uh, we were all teary-eyed by the end of the movie. So I'm so glad they came down and made that trip. And I want to give a shout-out to Amanda because she heard my voice when I was hanging out at the crew game and it was like, I love Top Hat. Boom. Hello, Amanda. <laughs> Any specifics? <laughs> uh, that's it. She was playing uh, Cornhole. And she said she loved Top Hat. And there I we got go. her name. Right. And I said, I'll give you a shout-out. And that's with the old Irvine shout-outs. The- <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone seems seen. Everyone yeah. feels seen now. <laughs> That's they, America. Well, their fir- I, first names have been uttered. They've been seen, and I feel heard. All right. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week. I'm looking right now at all the stories. We have so much to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. we, we ain't going anywhere. Thanks so much for supporting the show, y'all. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.